0: Good morning and good afternoon everyone. Vincent here, coming back at you with another episode of Personalized. This week's with Stuart Moyer. Stuart Moyer for those of you unaware, he is he's been in a lot of good acting roles. With me though, he was on my One Bad Night, uh part 1 series uh, or part 1 anthology episode of the 11th Hour Audio Productions. Um if you haven't listed the episode, again, go listen to it, check it out, enjoy it, and let me know what you think. Stewart voices the wolf. To me, he did a really good job. So, one forewarning about this episode. In the about center of the pod episode, we get into um, a discussion about poop. <laughs> and there's no way I can, there's no way around to just saying just um, just if, if that upsets you uh please feel free to fast forward or whatever makes you feel better for that and we also uh, there's a topic of death and we get heavily into it and so um again if that bothers you i'm sorry just please avoid it but Stuart moyers he's a really really good actor and a cool cat so i hope you enjoy This is something that that's becoming uh, a returning question um, lately with everything going on. How is how is the the COVID nineteen affecting your day to day, whether it's with your daily job or um, your life at home? Like, how how has this changed what you were doing beforehand?
1: Well, considering that I live at home with a lot of family, there is going there has been a bit of a change-up recently. I've had a couple of uh, family members move in from New York City, where there is a notable. Uh, quarantine effect going in. So, them being around, like, it does impact a lot of noise. And it is, while it is hard to, like, uh, get proper recording in, like, usually with them cooking or with them doing other activity around the house, such as, like, housework or just generally, like, uh, other, like, uh, polyurethaning a uh, bookcase, restoring that. <laughs> But yeah, it was just like it can get pretty noisy and difficult to record at times. Also since they took my uh, original recording booth which was like a bedroom and that's also difficult to adjust to because you don't don't exactly have like the same place to like hang up all the drapes and all the pillows and stuff like that. So, but ultimately I am glad that they are here. Like it's always <laughs> nice to have family around. Like right I mean, I appreciate my family, absolutely. And I'm glad that they are safe and that they are healthy and
0: that they are in good company. Um, to follow up with that, there's a, it's a question that, that I haven't really had to ask, but um, you don't have anybody in your family that's gotten sick, have you?
1: Absolutely not. Uh, we have been like, we've all been like staying indoors as much as possible. Like, Wednesday was like uh, grocery days. That's like the first time we went – any of us went out in two weeks. My dad and my uncle from New York City, uh, they were pretty much like dressed to the gills in plastic gloves and uh, face masks, just basically covered from head to toe. And even even when they came home, like before they entered the house, they – hell, before they even left, they actually had a second, sh- second change of clothes to change into so that way they could just immediately throw the – their shopping clothes into the hamper. Right. So that way they could just immediately get into like clean clothes and then they would start disinfecting the groceries, leaving stuff outside, like if they could, otherwise like eggs or milk, they would immediately clean that and like they would put it in the downstairs fridge and uh, leave it to like self-clean.
0: So, uh, yeah, it it is, we have been absolutely staying safe. You know, you're you're mostly just a stay at home, just, you know, doing your voice acting, because I mean, you, you know, you're in a lot, so I imagine you need a lot of time to get things done.
1: Well, I try to be, I try to be in <laughs> as much as possible, and it is a little bit difficult due to, like, again, the noise from, like, additional right. people in the home. But it's nice to have them. I mean, we've never watched, we've never binge watched this much TV in our lives, especially together.
0: What have you been watching?
1: Oh, uh, my uncles like got like, like they have Netflix, but they have like the DVD Netflix. So they're really old fashioned about that (laughs) shit. And, uh, we've been like watching like all kinds of movies and, uh. Like, if we watched the uh, 2007 version of Sweeney Todd with uh, Johnny Depp and Alan Rickman, directed by Tim Burton. It's really good. And, uh, like, we were just, like, humming or whistling bars from the songs, and it was just – it was nice. Like, you really don't, like, have an uncle until you have an uncle from New York City that can sing – and I am Adolfo
0: Perelli, the king of the Zibaba of Kings. A good day. And blow you a kiss. <laughs> See, you know, you do a lot of crazy voices, especially for what I know. You do, you know, you do amazing with dancing. Um, you know, you were great as the werewolf. You know, I mean you've uh for one bad night, I mean, you know, you did a really awesome work for a Cold Open Stories as the pirate. Oh my god, it was so badass. But like how did where how did this get started for you like i've this is just a question that i've just been dying to ask you like how did you get into voice acting and where is the talent coming from <laughs> well it started exactly at uh edinburgh
1: university uh, around mm-hmm. november 2014 during during my second year at edinburgh university i was just walking around like uh there were a lot of buildings that were just like where people would hang out and stuff like that. So I decided, eh, might as well like look around. There's a nice view of the lake they have on campus from a place they had they called the Pogue Building. On the top floor of that, there was an area that I was actually part of a club called the Gamers Guild. They met up every Friday, but this was, I think, oh, Thursday evening that it was. And uh, there were actually like Two members of our of the guild that I recognize, uh, Jessica Sutton, Ben Jackson was his name, and they were actually hosting auditions for mm-hmm. a podcast that they were starting. It was a supernatural, like they they probably have it up on their Facebook page called Bad Mitten Productions, like B A D space M I T T E N, and uh, as a sort of shout out, it's. It was a sort of supernatural detective mystery that Jessica wrote where a young teenage girl was murdered and she hangs around with – she hung around with uh, the ghost of a confederate soldier and uh, I played a priest who was sort of a charlatan but also actually could see ghosts and I think met a Valkyrie at one point. It got weird like that and could see runes and junk. And, yeah, uh, Father Victor Green was his name. And he was a dick. He had a troubled past because he could see ghosts and stuff. But he was he was basically a jerk that roped uh, the main protagonist into working for him. Like, stole her run- solar runes and stuff like that. Really serious business.
0: So you would say that, like, that was your first role?
1: Yeah, it actually was. And then I decided to... For Christmas, I decided to get this little uh, AT2020 USB
0: mm-hmm. microphone.
1: Right. I decided, oh, I actually enjoy doing this. So, I decided to look around uh, and, like, I found castingcall.club and I thought, you know what? This is a good site. Like, And, like, the very first, like, thing that I auditioned for was this Skyrim mod called The Forgotten City. And I have I auditioned for two characters. Govar, who was this, like, former bandit that works as a farmer for this, like, gigantic... The, the titular Forgotten City, which is, like, way underground. Uh-huh. And uh, Vernon, a gay shopkeeper. And, like, there was no humor there. It was, like, a very serious story. Like, Govar came to the Forgotten City because he just found a hole in the ground and riddled with guilt he tried to kill himself. And Vernon, well, Windhelm wasn't exactly the most pro-gay place to live, so he just, like, it's implied that he also, like, tried to kill himself, but he's actually happy as a shopkeeper down there. Vernon was actually the first character that I ever got fan art for, and Oh, my God. I, it was just absolutely the most heartwarming moment that I have ever gotten.
0: Is that mod still around? Like, do people still play it now? Oh, absolutely. It's not just
1: a mod. It's actually becoming a full-fledged video game of its own. Like, uh, it—it's like the mod was so good that it won the fir- Australia Screenwriting Guild's first uh, video
0: game award. Like, it was just
1: that good. They had to invent an entire category for it. So, yeah, it was... uh,
0: Are you going to be returning to do those voices for the game, or...?
1: No, not really. He he had, like, other... uh, He had other voice actors in mind, but uh, the main dev... uh, Yeah, the main dev was, like, really cool about it. A very nice Australian guy by the name of... uh, Modern Storyteller... Uh, okay, his real name is Nick Pierce, and uh, really cool dude, just very generous.
0: I mean, and then you went on to be in another Skyrim um, add-on or such, like a uh, at Daryl. Am I reading that right? Enderol. Yes, that is
1: correct. Uh, Enderol. It was E N D E R A L. Also mm-hmm. an award winner. And then I also did uh, a Fallout Four mod. Sim Settlements Conqueror, I just played a regular, no baggage required uh, uh, raider, like with a really big, beefy voice that just made (laughs) me sound, oh, I like punting puppies for fun. So you had absolutely zero zero moral compunctions against killing this dude or hiring him in case you have like a mutated 20-foot large uh, puppy that... Is like puking acid onto your face. Mm. So yeah, if you hear my guy, hire him, please. But yeah. And then I also did a visual novel called The Pretender's Guild. Like, I only did like a couple of lines for that one, but it was two roles. Uh, one skeezy, like, dude that was like uh, Mackin on a couple of a couple of the main characters or something like that and also a king that was like oh i'm the main character's daddy and uh that was like i didn't get paid for any of those mods but like yeah i was just starting out like you honestly expect me to be like making bank from the start no that takes years
0: i mean in writing's the same thing too man
1: (laughs) (laughs) ain't that the truth brother ain't that the truth
0: what would you, I mean? You've like I said, you have you've been like a ton of roles and ones probably I don't even know about, but is there one that's like close to your heart? One that you I guess I would say your favorite, um, your favorite role that you've ever um voiced for?
1: <sighs> I actually don't like playing favorites because like there's always going to be one that has like an impact with me, but it's like a different form of impact that like mm-hmm. changed me in some way, and I will appreciate all of those. like, With Govar and Vernon, that was like like, with Father Green. That was my first ever acting role, and I absolutely loved it. I actually, it started me down the path where I am today. And then there was also Govar and Vernon, which like solidified the idea, like oh my god, I could actually do this as a living. And then there was also like the role that you gave gave me on Danson. That mm-hmm. like you're opening a couple of doors for me, man. I like you're the first time like I ever like seriously networked with other people, and then there was also there was also another podcast that I was on recently called Cold Open Stories as uh, Theolin Al Theolin alamir. and he was basically a space pirate that got caught up by some tech cultists. If you're familiar with Warhammer 40k. Than, uh
0: yeah colin was actually on personalized um end of last year beginning of this year um sadly we i weren't the some of the files were lost in some of our process um but he was on and you know we had a good long talk about um open open stories and his his passion for warhammer and i mean he's he's done a hell of a job you know like the episode like especially the episodes you're on i mean they were they were hard as sh- they would have been hard as shit to do sound and i mean he mm-hmm. went in i mean he nailed it i mean you could hear everything <laughs> Um, and I mean, you know, he's just, he's just doing it just for the fun of it almost, you know, like just for his passion of Warhammer. Yeah.
1: There was also a game like called Exospace that, uh, I worked with a very nice lady called, uh, uh, Queen Jen. And, uh, like she's actually streaming this right now. And like, if you could only listen to like how nuts, essentially this character is just like freaking, uh he's a corrupt corporate executive type that like oh he's just pure evil and like he was fun to play like he was just absolutely hilarious and i i did a lot of yelling for that one as well but it was just good times good times
0: um so has your has any of your family whether your dad or your uncle um have have they ever listened to any of the the podcast or video games that you've been a part of
1: yeah when i mentioned that uh cold open stories podcast it was uh like that was the first time i ever showed anyone like my uh work and it was just it was act like it was incredibly cathartic to just hear hey oh my god stewart you sound amazing that (laughs) that reaction just oh
0: oh Feels great, don't it? Sounds amazing. So what do you do when you're not voice acting? You know, like what do you, what else are you into? Like what is, you know, um, what does Stuart like to do?
1: Honestly, I like to, uh, I've been enjoying Pathfinder, a tabletop game for, for several years now. Same, about the same time that I've been, uh, I've been doing voice acting actually. I even wrote some third party materials for the game through, uh, what was it? Wayfinder. And, uh, Yeah, it was nice to have, like, my name, uh, yeah. It was just really nice to have, like, my name placed somewhere else. I know that sounds absolutely egotistical, but...
0: So, are you in the gaming any at all? Um, obviously, I mean, you said it, it sounded like you were part of a gaming club when you were in college.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was, uh, it was Enboro Gamers Guild, and, like, they were a lovely group of very accepting people, and... It was just, they were great people. Right. And I will never forget that. Like, it was just a wonderful way to, like, learn, like, how to talk to people and stuff like that. Like, when I was first starting out in college, I didn't know how to talk to people. And I just, it, it, Enboro Gamers Guild helped me open up. And it was, I needed that.
0: Do you still talk to these guys or and girls to this day from the club, or?
1: Eh, not really. Friendships fade over time, and sometimes a little sooner than you'd like. You just re- you have to realize that sometimes people just like not every friendship is forever. It sucks, but.
0: Amen to that, man. I mean, you grow apart, and like it, it's just
1: you have to respect that. Yeah. Yeah, you have to res-
0: you can't really be mad at anyone, you know, you start new circles, start new friendships and you know it's just
1: yeah, and forcing friendships just is not the way to be. Like it's just not like you got to re- you got to respect other people's uh, autonomy. It doesn't make you look good like just being like forcing yourself into that group. It's not healthy. But the memories that I had were good the memories that I had with them are things that I will remember for the rest of my life that I will appreciate even if they weren't pleasant.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, like, you know, the I, I had some friends um, when I lived in North Carolina, Um, a few, not as many as I have now from here in Alabama, but like, you know, I had a few friends that meant, you know, meant the world to me there. And then back in like 20, 000, 2008, when I moved here with my dad and um stuff, man, I met, you know, I had to start, I had to start over, you know, new, new life, new school, new, new friends. I mean, new everything, new, new girls <laughs> to be exact. But, um, but I, the life I left in North Carolina, man, I mean, like, you know, living with my mom, my stepdad and my family there was great, but like, you know, school, you know, um, school wasn't the best there for me and I, I didn't fit in a lot, you know, when I got here, you know, I made a promise myself that I, I'm not going, to yeah. I'm not gonna bring that that baggage here I'm you know I'm starting over new man and um it took me like a year or two to get to get my shit right here and um learn mostly who I was at that time or who I was trying to be and um you know I I met a a group of friends that I I'm, I'm thankful for every day because you know um I've done them wrong we've all done each other wrong in some way but like we still we still connect um you know from from like 2009 i mean we still i mean we some we have a group chat sometimes that you know um and it's one of those things man you know like one of them, one of my close friends he just he went to washington two years ago or so um and like you know another one some of us are left some of us have moved on you know but we still try to talk and it, at least meeting up over gaming man i mean it it's just it's one of those things and you just and then with all this shit happening it's just man you gotta be you gotta be thankful for people. Dude. Like friend of mine, um close friend, like one of my closest friends, you know, uh he uh when he found out that Brendel and I broke up at the beginning of the year, like I hadn't talked to him in months and we got on Fortnite just for a second just to chill out and you know, he was I was catching up with what all happened and uh, you know, he he's like, All right, I gotta come I gotta, I gotta go and he just hung up on Fortnite He was like, I'm gonna come over and like just immediately like within twenty minutes was over here with the six pack and just you know, learning just you know, catching up and um you know just being there man it just it meant the world to me i'm glad you got friends
1: like that i mean i have friends like that too i got family as well <clears throat> oh god that that phlegm makes me sound weepy doesn't it good lord <laughs>
0: hey we all got it now man <laughs> <laughs> maybe
1: the viewer maybe the viewer has some uh, phlegm in their throat right now as well yeah, maybe phlegm somewhere else
0: <laughs> um <laughs> But I mean yeah. the podcasting community. I mean, they, I've you know, there's a lot of people that I've met um over time. You know, they've just you know just stuck with me just as much as my real life friends have. You know, um most of them I've never met, or actually I would say all of them never met in person. Some of them live close to me. Some of them don't, man. But I mean, like, I mean, I talk to them almost daily, and a lot of stuff probably isn't even about podcasting. It's just about shit going on, man. And it's just it's crazy. You make friends wherever you go, almost.
1: Yeah, like. There are a lot of nice people on the internet that are also voice actors and voice actresses. Like, there was one voice actress by the name of Brit Blade. She's also a voice. She is also like
0: a lawyer. Like, like a real life lawyer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, she actually helped me like analyze some, uh, look over some documents for like little to no cost. And that mm-hmm. uh, turns out there was one job that like, I was hired to well we were mm-hmm. both hired to. And she just raised a lot of red flags to everyone that was hired. And like, I meet like, I asked her for, for like clarification. She said, if you do this, they will like basically own you for like absolutely zero pay. And they will just This can absolutely screw you over in the future. Oh my God. Like she saved my hide there. And uh, like, so another shout out, uh, Twitter, Brit, B-R-I-T-T-N, B-L-A-D-E. It's always nice to be like supportive of other voice actors and the like, even if like they're competing against you, there's no reason to be like bitter or just like nasty with each other. It's it a, a job's a job. It's a very it's a highly competitive field. I mean, it's acting. I mean, there's going to be drama involved, but let's keep that on the stage, not off it. Right. Yeah, and I am grateful for the experiences I, I have had. I'm certain I will learn more in the future and hopefully get a bigger paycheck from them. But yeah, th- I've met a lot of people. They've helped me. And I've helped some.
0: So what what exactly is a day-to-day life, day-to-day with you? I mean, not even like before all this stuff goes on, like what what do you what do you do from from waking up to going to sleep? Like how is your schedule for especially for voice acting?
1: Well, currently my my circadian rhythm is fucked. <laughs> Thanks, COVID nineteen.
0: For real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ. Like I've been staying I've been, like, trying to fall asleep past 1 o'clock or 2. Hell, I didn't get to sleep until 6 last night. And I just, like... The moment I finally got to shut my eyes, I realized, oh, crap, it's already 11.30. Like, what the fuck, man?
0: <laughs> I'm, like, a Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I would say, I'm, I am so opposite on that in my spectrum. I, I fall asleep. I could... I usually fall asleep and can fall asleep wherever, whenever <laughs> I am. Like if I if I'm still and it's quiet, I'm out. <laughs> I am out like a light bulb.
1: Well, if it weren't for COVID nineteen, me staying in this house, trying, trying, and uh, quite often failing to do some recording, then I would be working at my current job, which would be uh, sorter at Goodwill it's a nice place with a lot of it with a lot of opportunities for like moving up and stuff so i'm glad that i got that
0: uh I, I fucking cannot remember the name of it um i think it's i think i want to say it's called baggage claim there's this place somewhere in alabama um up toward north somewhere like i don't remember the city but it uh brendlin one time we went not was it last year last year we went up to to um huntsville which is about 2 hours. I live dead center in Alabama. Like I could drive 20 minutes to the center of Alabama. But about 2 2 and hours and some change north of us is this nice nice city uh Huntsville. Um it's beautiful, beautiful. I I love it. But uh, we went there and stayed for her birthday last year for a Comic-Con. And um the idea was that we were going to try to go to this baggage the baggage claim place, but it was it was some hours and it's just it was a distance that we couldn't make that weekend, but the place it's it's literally what you think it is. It's baggage, left baggage from airports um, that aren't claimed or anything, and so they send them there, and then people can come in and they pay a fee and they get to pick one of the 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 baggages and they get to go through them, um, and whatever's in there they get to keep. You know, like they're basically buying just unclaimed baggage.
1: Oh, so it's basically a uh, it's sort of like a gamble right
0: or i don't remember one of the one of the i want to i want to claim that it was bert kreischer that had said it in one of the, one of his on somewhere on the podcast but somebody no 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 it was telling steve dave uh somebody had somebody went on vacation and was coming down this way i guess toward florida or something but they had mentioned they had mentioned that place you know and said that it's it, it is incredibly fun as it sounds you know it's just you go in and you're like you know, you're you're buying a mystery baggage and you don't know what's really in there. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It is a sort of gambling. that makes it interesting. Well, I'm
1: certain they also uh, actually. Got, I'm certain they vetted the process, though, because like at Goodwill, there's a lot of like things you have to check. Like, since I work as a sorter, I can tell you right now that uh, used underwear and socks are absolutely no goes because of potential like contaminate- contaminants. But also, there can't be any holes. There can't be any, like, exact dates or anything like that. There cannot be any sort of uh, weird odors or any signs of damage or, like, wear and tear. Imagine it this way. Would you buy this? If it's yes, keep it up. Like, hang it up on the rack. If it's no, throw it in the rejects pile because they will be turned into rags. And also, you got to keep it in season because nobody buys parkas in the summer. Nobody buys bikinis in the winter. Like, if more people realize that, good God, it would make my job a whole lot easier. And also, also, okay, content warning because this is absolutely the grossest story I've ever I have in my repertoire.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm excited for this.
1: Uh, when I was a kid, I ate a lot of stupid things. Like, it was just absolutely, Jesus Christ, it was just bad. So, one day, like, when I was a wee little boy and I was eating, uh, I decided to eat, like, you know how, like, when you go to Walmart and you, like, find a, uh, like, there's all those, like, little quarter for prizes, like, capsule pot things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: One day we decided to like get one of those. Like my pa- my mom was like taking a shopping, and uh, I got a little like sticky hand. Like you could just like a oh, sticky I used hand love with those, like man,
0: those are my fucking jam. <laughs>
1: well, after what happened next, I don't I don't share the same uh, enthusiasm. So. I was just, like, having a ball, like, just whapping around everywhere and, like, I was getting into trouble with it. Like, it was just, like, it wasn't on uh, people, per se. I was too polite of a boy at that time. But I was whapping it on pillows. I was whapping it on to, uh oh, Christ, it sounds like new window. <laughs> <laughs> I was whipping everything inside and I was actually, like, sort of breaking things. And then... I started actually breaking things, and my mom got furious. Like she was going to throw it away, and then because I didn't want that to ha- happen, I decided to uh, eat it, Holy swallow fuck. it whole. Like it was dirty too. Like there were specks uh. of stuff. It was hair. And uh, my mom, my mom went to me, told me to hand it over, and then I realized. Oh, I don't have it. I, I, I realized that I was breaking things. It was bad. I threw it away. Mm-hmm. And uh, she checked me and uh, she. I was telling the truth, technically. <laughs> and, uh, well, I was actually hoping to get it back. And a few days later, I did.
0: Holy shit.
1: No, oh, here's man. the worst part. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, I realized, oh, I'm going to have to poop this out soon. I I can just like check my poo and uh, uh, fish it out of there. No, that's not what happened at all. It was uh, sticky. It clung <laughs> to the sides of the walls of uh, the my sphincter. No, not, not – <laughs> Oh, God. No, it got stuck in my ass. <laughs> I actually had to uh, stretch it open like – Wait, no. Oh, my God. I just realized that this could actually be very, very bad. Like, as a kid, even if it's just me. Uh, would this count Is uh, Oh, crap. I don't think I should have told this story.
0: <laughs> hey, hey. I, 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 I wouldn't say I ate a strange thing, but uh, we had just mentioned a story um, in uh, recording today for my mo- for the Mother's Day episode. Uh, my mom had told where we had... Uh, when I was a kid, um my my stepdad like when he was in the bathroom, he was in the bathroom like I'm talking CD player, John Mellencamp, uh headphones on, cigarettes, I mean, and you could tell it was just some it was just one of those things where you walk in it's shit and cigarettes, dude. And uh anyways, it was <laughs> one of those days and I had to go. Like I mean, I had to go. So like my mom's like, "You know, your your father's in the bathroom, so you're going to have to you're going to have to walk down to your grandma's to use the bathroom." And it was it was about, I don't know, he, let's say maybe half a mile, I wouldn't even say that, like, down uh down to the house. So I'm like, all right, fine. So uh my mom calls my granddad and she's like, Hey, Vince is on his way down there. And my granddad's like, All right, well I'll keep an eye out for him. And he sees me coming over the hill down the road, and uh he tells my mom, he's like, Hey, uh, I see him, and then I come to a stop. And uh apparently I shit myself right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> and, uh, my granddad's on the Get phone with my so mom far. and he sees me stop and then i just turn around to walk back home and he's like he tells mom yeah he ain't gonna make it uh he's coming back to you and my mom you know they, they instantly figured out that i had just shit myself <laughs> <laughs> i had to walk home with my shitty ass
1: <laughs> <laughs> well at least you didn't have to pull anything out oh god dude have you ever been constipated no, this was worse than constipation. Like going back to my story. Yeah. I actually I hope this doesn't count as like CP or anything. I mean, I don't think it does, but it's going to <laughs> alienate a lot of people. I'll be like cancelled and shit.
0: You won't be cancelled.
1: <laughs> well, there's gonna be a lot of shit. Especially when like uh little young me, like trying to like dig my hands in there, and like the digestive system is Apparently, very thorough. It actually got it. Uh, got rid of like a little bit of the stickiness and made it very slick. So it was nigh impossible to actually get like a solid, almost impossible to get a solid grip on it. But uh, it was like you actually had to like pull it out, and it was just there. Were sometimes it was segmented, and oh you God. had to put in a lot of effort. To just squeeze and push it out. And it was just. God, I think I actually like bled a little bit. Jesus. (laughs) And that was. Like, I could like taste my tears. I could smell my hands. Not that I intentionally. Not yeah. that there was any tension in it. <laughs> but it took me like a solid half hour of digging to get it out. Right. And it was just sometimes it stuck and it pulled and Jesus Christ. Ow. And uh that's why I will never judge a woman for like saying the pains of childbirth is bad. Because apparently that's just worse.
0: I when so when I was a kid I had um we were same neighborhood, um we went swimming. And you know, like when you wear them shitty uh shit now the the, uh, the really crappy swim trunks that had the the stupid like I hate them so much now I refuse to buy them as an adult, but they have that like interior fucking uh I forgot the term for it, the the mesh inside those those. Swimsuits. And it gave me a rash because we were walking, you know, our dumbass got out of the pool and we decided to walk around the neighborhood and stuff. And whatever. So I got a rash, you know, right there uh pretty much uh covering my balls and around my legs. And so I go in, the, you know, I go in the house, my mom's out there, my, my father was, I don't know where he was, and um, it was just me, and I was like, I, I really need, I'm, I'm looking through the kitchen, I'm looking through the bathroom, I'm like, there's gotta be something I can put on here to help with this rash. And so, I, I don't know any better, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dumbass, I'm gonna be honest, that was a dumb mistake. I, I go in the can- the underneath the counter, and I pull out some rubbing alcohol. And I'm like, alright, this looks like it's medical, so I rubbed this shit on my hands, dude, and I covered my balls with rubbing alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that must have hurt like hell dude it hurt so bad like i'm laying in like screaming at myself for that and i like i i promise you like for years later dude I, I never looked at my balls the same i was always like i i fucked up my entire system with this like i could just imagine like
1: a modern day you doing that stupid shit and just like, you know how that bass boost dude, like, gives you, like, solar lens flare eyes and junk like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly that.
0: Do you remember at like, Home just, Alone?
1: Oh, I... You mean the movie?
0: Yeah. The the very first one where he... Kevin was in the, I don't... He didn't... Sh- I don't... know. I think he was just fucking around shift. with shaving cream. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, he threw that on and his expression, dude. That was me and my balls. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That must have sucked. But, man, I mean, I can actually, screw it, another content warning, Uh, medical horror this time, Mm. and it's actually a lot less funny. Like, when I was in, uh, just before I started, uh, when I was in elementary school, I uh, I wasn't listening to my music on the radio, and I was dancing to the tunes. And I realized, and then, like, I wasn't watching my step. Right, like, mm. I was a little bit—I was a little bit of a pig, but uh, I had my shoes. Actually, uh, I took one wrong step, and I like just hurtled backwards, like over my shoes, and my head banged against a door, and this was like a very hard wood door. Mm. It immediately split the back of my skull. Yeah, like, there was blood everywhere, and uh, it was actually sort of a – it was terrifying. I was screaming my my head off, like, as as much of a head that was left, and uh, my parents were, like, freaking out. We got – they got me to the emergency room. The doctor solemnly apologized as he pulled out a me- – a rectangular metal box. There was a small, uh, there was a sort of handle on top, like on a flange or something like that, that turned out to be. He put up one end of the thing on my head. And, uh, he pressed down the flange, and in went the first staple.
0: Mmm. Shit, man. It hurt like
1: hell. Like, that was just like. I never realized, like, how painful a tiny bit of metal into your skin could go. Mm-hmm. I was wailing from the first staple alone. And I had like seven, eight more to go. And it was just agony. 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 Chunk. <laughs> I think I actually passed out from the pain because of that. And then a couple like months later, like when he had to pull it out, it was just barely under that because the skin was actually like healed the skull actually fused together and it was just fine. But then it was still ripping metal out of your skull and skin and nerve and hair, so naturally, some of those hairs are going to get plucked out. And there goes uh, you're going to be wearing a hoodie for a little while, a little Still,
0: fuck, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and what I, I know, we said the story on the podcast for my my brother, man. We um. When he was a kid, oh, well, sorry, when, he, when we were both kids, him and his friend were jumping the trampoline. I think I was in the house, uh, playing the PlayStation, so I was doing something not outside with them. And uh, they were on the trampoline, and they—I don't know if they got the wrestling or what happened, but they, uh, Matthew, his friend, went up. Just my little brother went down, and when Matthew came down, his his Matthew's teeth went inside my brother's head. Oh my. God yeah yeah of course jessup had to be rushed to the to the er and he got you know he got the uh, stitches or staple i think stitches in his head um and it was like i mean you know my you know, mom's you know her recount it was like it was just horrible just seeing like you could see the teeth marks you know and matthew didn't mean to it was an accident um but i mean it it was it was crazy man like the shit me and my little brother not even did to each other but like you know I've, I've been hitting the head with the horseshoe um and that, that fucked me up really bad. Uh, some neighborhood kid and I were playing, and I didn't know how to fucking play. And I threw my horseshoes, and uh, instead of waiting for him like I was supposed to, I walked to go get my horseshoes, and he throws his anyways. And wails me right in the back of the head. Um, man... Yeah, like, uh, Jessup ended up hitting me in the head with a golf club before. I've broken his jaw with a pool stick. I mean, we have, we have, we have, and a lot I mean, a lot of them wasn't intentionally, um, you know, we would not intentionally hurt each other, but I mean, we, we, we went through the wringer. Um Yeah, uh, our bodies definitely <laughs> well, took you a need, beating. Well, you needed help with that.
1: Me, I could just fuck myself up automatically. Like, you remember those, like, little squishy toys, like, like you could wear as a sleeve or something that was full of water and stuff.
0: I think so. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure. I'm thinking of what you're talking
1: about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was like a little like one year after the cracked head incident, mm-hmm. and uh, I was sitting down for this. I was actually just looking at it and just well, it was. I wouldn't say it was made in China, but it was just like. Eh, it's like something you'd find in, the, in an Oriental Express magazine. Like, it was just, oh, that's a gimmick toy and stuff like that. And uh, it actually burst. Like, a tiny little, like, stream blasted right into my eye. And, Shit. like, it was, like, colored water and stuff. So there was likely some chemicals that made it burn. That hurt. Mm. But then, like... I, like, the pain of which actually made me jerk away, like, sent me tilting back onto the ground. And my head hit, and my head hit hard. Like, and
0: it was just, guess what cracked again? Jesus, man. (laughs) You just, that head's just taking a beating, dude. Yeah, well,
1: my sister has six concussions, so.
0: Mm. uh,
1: We're twins, and I guess, like.
0: Oh snap, you got a twin sister?
1: Yeah, I'm actually 2 minutes older than her. And it's Shit. actually really cool. Yeah. Does yeah, she like, does she live there with
0: you? I mean like uh
1: uh for the quarantine, technically, oh. yeah. But also uh Yeah, like she's going back home. But then mm-hmm. uh there was actually like Oh, like she was in high school. She was in like soccer. And, like, she actually got a lot of her concussions, like, from doing sports. Like, she was a very outgoing person. I was just a bookworm and an introvert. And, uh, she actually Same. got a <laughs> decent number of concussions from, like, playing soccer.
0: Damn, did she ever have a cleat go, go against her head?
1: Oh, God. I. I hope she didn't, God. But also, uh, yeah, like,. While she had for quantity. I had quality, but that's just in, t- in twin telepathy,
0: I guess. I almost want to ask that stupid cliche question: like, if she hurt, do you feel it? Because <laughs> surprisingly,
1: no, because she actually has a broken arm, and I didn't feel and I didn't feel a beat. Because thank God, I don't need any more broken bones.
0: Yeah, but that's gonna. I guess that's gonna be my next question. Besides your head, but like, what? where else have you broken?
1: Uh. Well, not really, no. Ever since, like, the second time, like, I squirted onto my own head. Like, that was, like, basically it for broken bones. Mm. Well, there was also one time that uh, I uh, slipped when I was walking the dog and uh, knocked myself out on some concrete for a solid minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> during, like, a, mar- a frigid-ass March winter. And, mm. like, there was uh, actually a icicle that fell. Right above me. And it missed by an inch. Like. That could have been impalement. Good lord. That could have been like some freaking. Oh what was it. It could have been some freaking. uh, Final destination crap man. But. Thankfully that didn't happen. Last year. My uncle had a heart attack. Like. He was actually sort of non-blase about – like, sort of blasé about it. Like, Mm. he just said he had to go to the restroom real quick. And, like, he was at home. Like, my grandma lives with him. He, like, basically takes care of her. Right. And he just – like, then he came out of the bathroom, like, just sort of, like, pale, sweating, and this was from my grandma's testimony, by the way, and like he just calmly walked up to he just calmly walked up to grandma and said, "I think I'm having a heart attack." Shit, man. She's still alive, but that's still scary.
0: Yeah, you know, Brennan, when her dad died last year, man. It it it's it's kind of it's one of those things where like I haven't even really brought up the mom therapist yet it's something that I probably need to discuss but like man you know I, I I've loved my dad's you know my my dad and my stepfather but like man that really I guess it was it was one of the first times in my life that like I've actually been close to someone that died um per se I mean like I've had I have had family members die I've had grandfathers die, I've had uncles die but and I didn't get to to see them for when I grew up most of the time it's just it's one of those things where like i was physically close to like I, I saw him every day um i didn't get to see my grandfather every day i moved and i was gone for years and stuff but like you know her dad the whole time we were together you know um you know and like and when he died man it was just it was surreal it was one of those things where it's like a, it's almost like a wake-up call you know like dude my dad could die you know and it, it's 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 a fucking tough thing to think about dude it like people in your life can die like it's a thing you can die or i could die you know like in general like it's just that's some people may forget about it you know especially with everything else going on or actually no not with everything else going on they're more more alert to it but just the idea man it's just it's a fucking downer dude i know exactly what you mean because
1: like i had a couple of like family members die like recently and there like let's start off with like my grandma. She's still alive right now, but she's past nine she's ninety. And she's like she has been, like, stubborn and like getting through everything that life has thrown at her. But again, she's ninety. Like she has lived a very long life and she has come to terms with the fact that she will die. Like everyone in my family has come to the f- terms with the fact that she will die. Potentially very recently. And especially during like the COVID-19 crisis right now. Like she has come to the terms that she might not survive this. And if anything, like she had, like we respect that. Like, we will – the most I can hope for is that it'll be a painless, peaceful passing. And it will just be – she passes away comfortably and surrounded by loved ones. Or not, if she desires her privacy. But it's still – it's heavy, you know? It's – like, even when I walk up to her doorstep, she she was always politically, like, motivated. Like, she was a Girl Scout. She's for Planned Parenthood. But her latest sticker, like, she posts out of her door, around her door. It is... I deserve the right to die with dignity. And that just...
0: Damn, man, that's got to suck just going to visit her and just seeing that.
1: Memento Mori, man. But, yeah. Like, I will respect her, like, willingness to be open with her politics. And I agree with a lot of them, too. Like, but, man, it doesn't change the fact that someday you will die. And there will be nothing left except what you have done, your memories, and... More cynically, your possessions, and like on the topic of death and possessions, like that can also be like really heavy as well. Because I mentioned, I mentioned that like recently I lost a family member, and it was an uncle. He was, he was fairly distant, but my my aunt that we see a lot, uh, we. She loved him with all his heart and took care of him as well as he could and for about a dozen years he was he was battling cancer and the doctor said that at most he would have a year to live my aunt my aunt she was just thankful every single day she had him and he was he was lucky like She took care of him. They were actually very well off. Due to some good investments. That. uh, My uncle made. And he was just. He was surrounded by family. And it was just. He actually had a lot of good moments. Like he like. Did recover at some points. But in the end he passed away. And my aunt. Like. When she came to our place, she was just, she was mourning him, but ultimately she was happy with the fact that she took care of him as long as she could and made sure that it was painless and that he did not suffer in the slightest. That's something to be thankful
0: for, though.
1: Yeah. But then... My friend, one of my best friends, lost her mom to cancer. Shit. And, uh, the diagnosis was the same. She only had a year to live. Mm hmm. She didn't make it past a month. Fuck, man. Cause, like, and, like, they weren't as, like, well off as their, as, like, other members of their family. Cause, like, she actually, like, was, like, going around on, like, oh, what was it, uh, PayPal or GoFundMe for, like, uh, they needed help with me- with medical stuff. And I donated. And, like, there was also family members that could have donated. But, uh, yeah, it was just, they were strapped for cash. They could not, they did not have the resources to, like, let her die as comfortably as possible. And it was just... Like, it wrecked her emotionally. Like, for likely... Oh, God. Like, the better part of a year, she was just... Like, the mom was just, she was listless, she was constantly fatigued, she looked terrible, pale, just god-awful. And then, like, it had a toll on the family. Like, they tried, they tried their damnedest to make sure she was comfortable. But it hurt everyone. Not just financially, not just emotionally, but just spiritually. And then she died. And then it broke them. And I mean, like, my friend's dad is, like, still mourning her loss. And while my friend, like, she was just utterly crushed by it. And she was just – it was just – like, it was just tragic. Like, it made me think – like, there's a disparity between, like, a lot of people. Like, class and, like, like monetary-wise. Like, I'm lucky. What I have is lucky. I have a lot of good family and I have a lot of good friends. And I have resources that other people do not have access to. And my friend like some people aren't and it's it's sort of cruel isn't it
0: and with everything going on i mean like um you know like when they made it you know essential people only working and stuff i made i i i, I will personally take my i made a several jokes about you know me being personal uh being central working you know just making jokes about it until um within like a week or so within that i i, saw, I don't remember what happened now but um i had a realization that like or I, I would even say an epiphany that um, there are people out there like single mothers with like, you know, the kids who, work, who worked odd jobs as far as, you know, like maybe fast food or, or something that was non-essential. No, well, they're essential. But, you know, they had like non-essential jobs um, just to try to make it through. And then this stuff happened and they can't work anymore or can't work enough hours, you know, and they're struggling um, to take care of them and their child. Man, it's just it's one of those things where like when it hits you, dude, it hits you hard.
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah, and on the topic of, like, essential workers,
1: like, there have been talks of, like, reopening the economy for the sake of, like, making sure it doesn't, like, bleed out, even though we just got, like, even though we just got a stimulus injection. And, like, dude, I work at, like, Goodwill. Before, like, the entire qu- – before I got laid off with the quarantine, everyone was talking, like, oh, am I going to be – are we going to contract COVID-19? People aren't wearing gloves. People aren't wearing face masks. And like considering the amount of donations we go through per hour alone, like that was a totally reasonable like worry and fear. And I do not want to contract this. I do not want to spread this around to families, to friends and family that are like way more vulnerable than I am. Because like I said, I am lucky. Mm. And It is a very terrifying time. You feel vulnerable and you can't do much about it. And then you realize that there are people that are way more vulnerable than you. And they could go through a whole lot worse. And like, that's part of being in a community. That is... You have to help each other. You have to talk to them. You have to communicate. You have to respect other people's boundaries and wishes. And, like, it's with voice acting. Like, you know? Like, you have to, like, be aware of who you talk to. And you have to be aware of what you can do to help them. Because you're not the only person in the world. You are not the only person that has problems. Like, even if you can give them... even if you should give them, should you give them space? Should you like open up? Like you have to be receptive. You have to be careful. You just gotta be smart and above all else, be kind.
0: So to try to end it on the lighter note, I, I do want to ask, uh, what is your, what is your big goal with, with voice acting and and where you want to go with your life? You know, once this shit's over and and you know and and things get on a a better schedule, what is what is your ultimate goal for for where you're going? I would like to like build a
1: positive rep. My immediate goal would to be build a positive reputation within the voice acting community. Mm-hmm. And uh like not only to like talk to other voice actors cuz I know like I t- have a bad tendency to like uh, be uh like just quiet a lot of times i have like a t- dozens of discord channels that i'm not on but i could just talk to cuz like there's a lot of people like minded people on all those channels and i'm just not on, i'm just not talking but i should it's not just networking i'd like uh-huh. to actually like be like financially well off cuz i know that like Video games and anime are nice, but advertising is where the real money is. I'd like to be totally independent from – I would like to be totally independent on voice acting alone. And I would love to be uh, – I would love to be uh, just happy doing what I love. Like, I would like to get writing. I mean, it's just like – oh crap my focus is garbage with that Yeah, it it is hard
0: i'll tell you that much
1: yeah and that's why you know that's why it's nice to know people that's why it's nice to just say hey uh can you help me with this Mm -hmm. because that's a community for you that's friends and that's always lovely to have
0: as we wrap it down i I do want to ask the our the final question um if you can give personal advice to any listener who who is starting out trying to become you know the voice actor, someone who who may have just discovered casting call and is trying to to at least do something with their life and their voice acting, especially with everything going on, what would you say to that person? Well, first,
1: it's okay to be frustrated because when I was when like I was auditioning, like after uh, the Forgotten City, I realized like oh, I'm not getting these roles. Or, like, I got the role, then something happened, and either I'm not talking to the, like, dev anymore, or the director disappeared, or I never got a message again, or it just got, like, straight up cancelled. And then... Or you just straight up didn't get auditioned. It's fine to be annoyed. It's fine to get mad. It doesn't mean stop. You just gotta keep going. And I know it sounds like a little bit cynical, but I've been there. I've been pissed that I, that I didn't get a role that I thought I would have been perfect for. But that's not your goal. That's like in an art, in the world of art, you gotta communicate and cooperate with other artists all the time. And you have to respect other people's boundaries. And you have, you will have to learn, Hey, you don't, I didn't get this role. And that's fine. And there will always be another open role somewhere else. Maybe if maybe not in the project that you realize that you would have liked, like, say, a fan-up or something like that. But regardless, it doesn't mean you can't try. It sucks when you don't get something you want. Cause everyone's been been there, actors and non-actors alike. But it doesn't mean like you can just give up. But it also doesn't hurt to have a plan as well. You, like, just auditioning for everything under the sun, even the stuff you especially hate or you later have problems with, it doesn't hurt to have a plan ahead of time. Which is why, like, this next bit is gonna be my most important advice. Stay grounded. Like, no one gets, like, starting off at it as an actor, like, It's not totally feasible. You're going to have to get a job. You're going to have to pay bills. You're going to have to buy groceries. And you can't do that with exposure or uh, uh, like fan subs or stuff like that. Because not everyone pays for that. And I hate to say it, but you got to get a like day job. You got to swallow your pride. And like you just got to realize, oh, dang. Maybe this voice acting isn't working right now. But it doesn't mean you have to quit. It doesn't mean you have to, like, just give that up forever. Like, that's a dream. Dreams can come true. And it just takes time and patience. Like, you can work the – you just got to work the grind, just like a lot of other people. And it's persevere. And it's community. And – Good things come with time, whether it be friends or success.
0: Thank you, Stuart, for talking to me tonight.
1: Thank you, Vincent, for inviting me.
0: This episode features Stuart Moyer from the podcasts such as White Noise, One Bad Night,
1: and Cold Open Stories. Contact information for Stuart will be listed in the show notes below. One more podcast like Personalized? You can go to gravityundone.net to find other podcasts such as Space Brains, Exit Plan, and My Creativity. And we would really appreciate if you followed Personalized on social media, as well as sharing with us your favorite guests and your favorite episodes. And also if you want to leave us a review on platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Thanks for
0: listening. Guild of Adventurers follows the travels of the elven prince Arlen de Keen, a half-elf from the big city, Tel Silva, and a dragon born from the wilderness, Kelgar the Barbarian. Join with them in this D&D-inspired, story-driven audio drama as they face untold enemies, challenges, and puzzles while exploring the world of Calanthus and uncovering ancient mysteries. Released monthly, Guild of Adventurers is a serialized seven-story arc endeavor that can be found on all podcast providers. Hale and